1: If I had a magic wand I could make it better for you, which area would you like me to do? And then it should pop up. You'll know what it is, that maybe it's your relationship with food. Maybe it's, you know, you're in an office job, but really you want to be an artist. And it's just finding one area of your life and starting there.
0: Hi everyone and welcome to our next episode of Confidence Rockstar Podcast. Today I've got a surprise for you again because I'm bringing to the show amazing guest, Shelly Knight, and we will be talking about how to create positive changes in your life. I'm so excited to be hosting Shelly today because she's an amazing human being and she has great message to share with you today. So I'm sure you gonna love it. And before we start, let me just introduce Shelly to you. So Shelly is once upon a time a nurse and she turned writer who provides an eclectic blend of clinical and spiritual expertise in her specialist uh, subjects of positive psychology, spirituality and end of life. She is an author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book. And she is a freelance writer for international magazines. She is armed with a first class degree in adult nursing and a variety of holistic qualifications. She is focused on encouraging individuals on their journey towards positive changes, particularly following times of loss in their life. So, welcome, Shelly, to the show. Hello there. I'm so happy to have you here because I know that you have great message to share with us. So I just want to ask you, can you tell us what happened to kickstart you on your spiritual path? Probably the hard parts of life.
1: I think we kind of bumble along life and then we get hit with a curveball, as we say here. And there's so many to choose from. I probably should have had a career in dodgeball, actually, trying to avoid the curveballs. But it was probably following the death of my beautiful stepfather. And we would come from a background where we spoke really openly about death. But when he died, it just totally threw me and my life out for many, many years. So probably the death of my stepdad, but also fertility, not that good. Everyone thinks I've got amazing fertility because we have four children. But actually, that loss, that continual loss of miscarriage was a huge kind of leap, push, stagger down my spiritual path.
0: Oh, my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. And actually, I uh, respect you for saying this out loud. And um, I don't know if you don't mind me asking because, you know, the subject of like miscarriage is very... hmm, I don't know, it's very hidden and I can tell you like, you know, my story because I went through the miscarriage as well. And before I went through my miscarriage, I've known only two people who went through the miscarriage. But then when I started talking about mine after some period of time, it turned out that so many people went through it, including some of my friends that I never known about. And, you know, I was shocked because, you know, I didn't know about it. And you said that, you know, you went through like miscarriages as well, and you've got like four wonderful children. So um, how, I mean, how was it for you? Was it like also like, I don't know, secret subject or you had support around you to to talk about it? It's really difficult. I mean, I speak quite
1: openly about loss anyway. I think it's my nursing background and my upbringing is all a little bit kooky, really, but when it happens to you, you know, it's not a patient. You don't have that detachment. It's truly happening to you and within your body. And so I don't think I really spoke out about it at the time. I probably spoke out about it more when my family was complete. And then as I was, you know, at the same time, I was healing from my dad's death and things like that. So at the time, I don't think I did. I think with any loss, whether it's a miscarriage or a job, whatever your loss is, we don't really speak about it, not that openly, you know, I don't think people know how to respond to loss, you know, the outsiders looking in. So I didn't really speak about the miscarriage at the time. And because of my age, it was kind of, I'd have a loss, and then I'd try and fall pregnant again, then I'd have another loss. And so no, at the time, I wasn't really aware, as you say, you get get an awareness, when you find that courage to speak out and share your message, then that's when you know, actually, I'm not alone in this. But at the time, it's pretty lonely, Alex, pretty lonely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing it and for bringing it up. So you started the losses, started your spiritual path. And tell me, like, how did you get from, I mean, you said like, once upon a time, you were a nurse. So how did you decide to go on this new kind of, you know, journey to write a book to being a freelance writer, and working with positive changes and helping people?
1: So my background in nursing predominantly saw me working with hematology, oncology, and palliative care. So that's mostly like treatment of cancers and end of life where people are dying. So from that, you kind of learn what's important in life, whether it's from the wisdom of which the dying patients tell you about what's important, what they got wrong, or if it's just the observation of those that are dying, you start to see that we are more than the physical body, you know, and. All the things we choose to stress ourselves over really aren't worth it. I find myself now saying to myself and my kids, is this going to matter in five years' time? And it's kind of that choose your battles and being authentic to yourself. So I think it was probably from my nursing, like doing a very clinical job, that I actually became spiritual because we're more than just our physical body. You know, there's an energy to it. There's a lesson to it. I believe in reincarnation, past life, life lessons and everything. So I think... Whilst in the clinical setting, the spirituality started to come out because obviously I was going through my losses, I was observing losses. And I think when you work in that field, when you're working with the dying, I know this is a sweeping statement, but you know you have to create changes in your own life, start to do things a little bit differently.
0: Oh, thank you. Absolutely. It puts your life into perspective, isn't it? It absolutely does. It's a difficult way to learn,
1: but also really beautiful. There's like a collateral beauty to it that with their loss... You learn how to live.
0: Yes, that's so, so true. Thank you very much for sharing this with us. Why do you think people fail to make positive changes in their life, in your experience, by your working with your clients? Why do
1: they fail to make positive change? Mm -hmm. So many reasons. (laughs) I think um, one is that they don't know where to start, which is why I wrote Positive Changes, a self-kick book, because people didn't know where to start. And when we become stuck in life and we think this is as good as it gets, we don't know. And, you know, it depends why you're stuck, why you need to create a positive change. So you could, like, lose your job, a relationship, even, like, loss of a pet, even losing weight or an addiction or anything where you lose things. You lose a sense of who you are, a sense of identity is gone. Even, like, when you lose being single and you become a mother. And so when we lose something and need to create a positive change, We don't really know who we are as a starting block. So I think that's one reason, not knowing who you are and not knowing the way forward. But I think people are, I don't know, fearful of the unknown. Is that a way to say it? So whilst you might be in a really bad relationship right now, you kind of know what you're getting. And lots of people get stuck in that. So not knowing how to start, not knowing who you are or fearfulness, really.
0: Yeah, very, very well said. So tell me like what kind of positive changes you have done in your life? I mean, what has changed because you've already shared with us what caused it, but what kind of positive changes you've made in your life?
1: So uh, I don't want to put off future nurses, but I think leaving nurses was um, a positive change for me. I didn't really have a great work-life balance, if I'm honest. And, you know, we can't go back and change time, but we can, you know, make a good start from this very day. So I think going away from like, you know, full-time nursing was a positive change for me because I still have all the lessons, the experience, and I still have my absolute heart in it. But moving away from a poor work-life balance, I think that the miscarriages show you what's important. So any loss in your life was kind of like a starting block. And I write in my book about... um to message that's turning my mucky past into some kind of value where I can help others to be someone else's guide so the positive change for me was when I find the strength to talk about my stepdad dying to talk about loss of job you know feeling trapped as a stay-at-home mum when you start to share your mess your block and turn it into a message to help others that's where a lot of the positive changes come from
0: Yeah, isn't it? It is so fascinating, because people think that only when they share their victories, that everything is great and perfect in their life, then others want to resonate with that. And people want to hear all the amazing stories about, I don't know, sunshine and rainbows. Well, it's it's great to share it. Yes, because if that's your life experience, absolutely great to share it. And when you start sharing about... A mess, as you said, like some kind of nasty experiences in your life. People actually resonate with you, I think, even more. And they kind of see that you are a real person that is not only everything like perfect with you. And they can see themselves sometimes in your story that they were afraid to say out loud. Like, you know, by sharing your story, your difficult moments, you can actually help much more people than that we imagine, right?
1: That's right. And I think when you share your story, it helps heal the pain. And you're still learning from it. When you say it aloud to someone, you know, I really believe there's a healing in it. Not initially when you're stuck right there in the pain of it all, but as you go from the mess to the message, I think it's an ongoing healing process for us. I think we get joy from helping others. We're inspired. We understand the reasons why it happened more. But as you say, it's a bit like when you asked me earlier about, you know, did I realize other people were going through miscarriages? Probably in my nursing head, yes. But as it's not something to be celebrated, we don't really share that information. Like, you know, it's the, you are pregnant and here's the birth and now your family's complete. That's a celebrational. But we don't, you know, the things that happen every day, we keep, you know, behind closed doors. We don't really speak openly about it.
0: Yes, that's so true. I I love what you said that, you know, going from the mess to the message because it can really uh, help people and absolutely with your own experience when you started like talking about it, it was a healing in it and you could help other people to who are maybe not that courageous or were not at that stage yet to share share their message so they could um, you know, get help from you sharing uh, sharing your message. Uh, Beautiful. Um, All right. So you started your um, spiritual journey. And do you have like a daily spiritual practice, something that you do on a daily basis to help you?
1: I do. And it's like everything I do. I just try and keep it as simple as possible, because life is just complex enough, isn't it? So I keep it simple. And I just get up and I do 10 minutes of yoga, which is not long, but it's better than I used to do. So I start the day and do 10 minutes of yoga, often with my husband. And then I draw a oracle card or a tarot card for the day, just to give me a little bit of insight, a little bit of warning of what lies ahead. And then I have breakfast and I'm with my husband, because I think it's important to have like husband and wife time before the kids and the dog and everything else descends on you. So we have breakfast together and then the kids join in and the rest, you know, the next thing you know, it's eight o'clock at night. But um, yeah, so I do do the morning yoga, draw a card, one-to-one with my husband, and then I end each day with a meditation. You know, and it's always what I need at time. Is it more abundance? Is it more self-love? Is it more clarity? Do I need to reach out to a guide? So it might be kooky to other people, but for me, it just keeps me on my path. It keeps me focused and also relaxes me at the end of the day, whatever my day is like. I like to start on a positive with yoga and end on a positive with a meditation. And then I can handle the little mucky bit in between. (laughs)
0: Yes, it's so, uh, so important what you just said because, you know, you are a mother of four and, you know, I, I respect you so much. I've got like one child and I don't know how you handle four. I don't, I honestly don't know. So, you know, and what would you say to like mothers? Because, you know, mothers always kind of say that, oh, I'm so busy. I'm too tired. I'm I I cannot find time for myself. You know, what would you say you as a mother of four to mothers who are saying that they don't have time for meditation, they don't have time for it? what, What would you say to them yourself? you do have time.
1: (laughs) So like I get up early, I set my alarm for six in the morning knowing the kids wake up about seven. So I've got an hour to do my yoga. Sometimes my husband joins me. So we do like yoga, the card, the breakfast. So you just start your day earlier. And then the meditation at the end is when all the kids are in bed, everything's prepped for the next day. And you're in bed ready to go to sleep. I know you should sit on a chair with your feet on the ground. But it works for me. So you do have time, even if you have to create more time. So start earlier and then end later, or just when the kids are in bed. I just make things work because I know if I don't have that spiritual practice, I'm probably not a good mum. Probably like my parenting level probably dips slightly.
0: You know, it's very important what you said, that if I don't do this meditation, if I don't do this morning practice, I would not be able to handle everything in between. And it's so, so true. Yeah. And when people say that, oh, I don't have time. Well, you do have time. You need to find time for it in order not to go insane with the (laughs) busy day in your life.
1: Yeah, because otherwise your children are all going to be leaving home and you've not connected with your husband for like 17 years you know, you don't have the body to carry through the rest of your years because you're not looked after it and you're not that calm because you're not done meditation. I'm not saying it has to be yoga or meditation, but, you know, self-love, when you look after yourself and make yourself a priority, is so important. I just think, I think a lot of people think, like, self-love is short for selfish love, which it's not. It's just, to me, one of the most important relationships we have in our life. And we really have to nurture it. It's there from our first breath to our last breath. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of relationships in my life. But this is, you know, my one with myself is the constant from start to finish. And I need to look after that.
0: I love it. I love how you said it and that you said it out loud. It's so, so, so important. And what you said it like, it's, you know, the longest one and it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, with you all the time. So absolutely, we need to look after ourselves. You know that when I work with people and the podcast is Confidence Rockstar, so I help people with confidence uh, issues. So uh, like from your own experience and by you working with your clients, what would you say is the biggest struggle for people to believe in themselves and to be confident?
1: It's when you believe everything that's gone before you. So we spend so much of our life being shaped by others. Like even from the day we're born, we're given a name that's chosen for us. So from the very first breath, we start to fit into other people's opinion of how we should become. And this is one of the regrets of the dying as well. They didn't live a life true to them. So it is really hard, I know, because all the time you've been told by your parents, you respect, your teachers, your siblings, or yourself, even random people in shops will tell you what they think is you. And it's not. And I think this is a really big challenge that, you know, again, it goes back to that unknown. Who am I without these labels? Who am I without that belief, that way of life? You know, and people, I don't, well, I know there is people with traumatic backgrounds. I know that from elements of my own life. But in the main, our parents, I'd like to think, and all our teachers are doing what they think is best at the time. So when they say, like, oh, don't be a silly girl and all your hair is this color or you should become this because your dad did – You know, they're all just opinion. They're all just thoughts. And we should never really believe all our thoughts.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's it's beautiful. And uh, Shelley, if you can tell us, like, you know, from your experience, uh, what is your, like, you know, coming back to confidence, what would be your, I don't know, one golden nugget or like tip for anybody who suffers from low self-esteem and confidence on how to improve it? Your number one tip for it.
1: I just think we get so easily overwhelmed and we just need to keep things simple. Like my book, everything's bite-sized. It's just like one chapter, one page. And I think that's it. We always have this thing like, oh my God, my life's a mess. So I need to sort out my job, my money, my health, my boyfriend, you know, that cupboard that's full with the brim of stuff. And everyone just thinks, do it all. And you shouldn't, you should just choose one aspect of your life. Just like If I had a magic wand, I could make it better for you, which area would you like me to do? And then it should pop up. You'll know what it is, that maybe it's your relationship with food. Maybe it's, you know, you're in an office job, but really you want to be an artist. And it's just finding one area of your life and starting there. Because I think otherwise you'd set this big, big goal. You're not going to achieve it or you're going to lose momentum And then you're going to beat yourself up. That self-critic is going to be nagging in your ear again. So my tip would just be keep it simple. Choose one area. Like if you want to lose weight, don't go on drastic dieting. Just look at like what you have for breakfast. Swap that. Walk a little bit more. But just don't make anything like huge or vast. Don't make anything bigger than your energy or your mindset. Because even as an author on Positive Change, if you've had a life of negativity, you're not going to get a sudden bridge to positivity. It's going to be little steps, tiny little steps. So, yeah, keep it simple, keep it small, but just keep going.
0: Mm, thank you. love it. Keep it simple, keep it small, but keep going. Oh, love it. Love this message. Absolutely. I think it should be written on everyone's desks. on oh, like wallpaper. <laughs> Uh, all right. So from your own, uh, you know, experience, so you, you wrote a book about positive changes. So if you can say like, you know, one, okay, or maybe two positive changes that people can start implementing in their life straight away that will make a difference for them, what would that be?
1: I think that we all have dreams. <laughs> but with dreams you need action so again keeping it simple don't you know go out and quit your day job and sell your car and travel around the world all of a sudden keep it simple but write an action plan so just sit there again find that one area is it your relationship with food is it a relationship is it like you know your dead-end job and just like a brainstorm a mind map just sit there and write where you are Or where you want to be, whatever comes up, just get again back to self love, find some time when you won't be disturbed, nice and calm and just sit there and action plan where you are now, what you like, what you don't like, where you want to go. So action planning is one, but obviously the next step would be to take action. Otherwise you're just going to be stuck in the dream state. So it would be action planning. And then my other one would be to do something spiritual. I know we're all different, but meditation is such an underrated tool and you don't just sit there cross-legged with almond in a smoke of incense. You know, I just plug my earphones in at night and listen to one there and it guides me. And there's so many, like we touched on earlier, you can do like abundance, you can do self-confidence, you can do just music to help you sleep better. So they would be the key things like an action plan. So you actually know what it is you're working towards, but also the meditations, so you got that peace, And through meditation, I think people will be surprised about the insight and the answers and the messages that will come.
0: So, so well said. Yes, it's very underrated. Yes, this meditation and people think that only monks in Himalaya they do it, but it's not true. It really helps. It really helps so much. All right, really, so tell us, like, what is next for Shelley Knight? What is... Um going on in your life, you know, next in terms of your business, in terms of your plans?
1: So I realized when I wrote uh, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, that everyone's really, really busy. So I did the bite-sized chapters, but people are still really busy. And so I'm now converting it very roughly (laughs) into Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. And that's just drawing the key themes and society's pain points from the book So each week will be a new subject, so we're going to be looking at happiness, we're going to be looking at who am I, forgiveness, self-love, and things like that. So the podcast coming out in March, and also writing my second book, and that I would like to predict would be 2022, because that gives me loads of time to procrastinate. I'm also launching a death cafe, so my background was working with the dying, and I've seen Whilst the actual event of death is very painful, it's often the family that are left behind. So I am creating a community pop-up event every quarter and doing Northampton Death Cafe here in the UK. And that's just to support people in my local community because I'm a great believer in participation, not isolation. So yeah, I've got the podcast coming out, got the book coming out and the Death Cafe.
0: I love it. And I know that your podcast will be brilliant. This is the closest one. So keeping my fingers crossed for you in March and people can connect with you, of course, over there. And of course, keeping my fingers crossed for for the book, uh, whether it's going to be 2022 or earlier. And yeah, I love the idea of the Death Cafe, what you said, like participation, not isolation. So beautiful. Good luck with all that. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, thank you all the links how you can connect with uh, Shelly they will be shared in the show notes of this episode so you can connect with Shelly on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and go to her website also buy her book listen to her podcast very shortly so I share all the links um, with you over here. So Shelly thank you one more time for joining us today and sharing your message sharing your wisdom with us it was a pleasure to have you on
1: bless you thank you so much for having me and let me share my story thank you so much
0: thank you and guys thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed the show please subscribe on itunes or other platforms and if you enjoyed it and if you think it's valuable please share it with other people they may need to hear this wonderful message from shelly and if you enjoy confidence rockstar podcast this episode or others please leave me a review as well on itunes i will be forever grateful so next week it will be another amazing episode i will have a surprise again for you so stay tuned and i will speak to you very very shortly take care and bye bye for now Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. To get started on your confidence journey, I invite you to grab free five-day email course Confidence Rockstar. You will get five daily lessons sent directly to your mailbox, so you will have access to them anytime you like. You can grab this gift on the website alexgrzybek.com forward slash five days all of the links to this episode you will find in the show notes below and one more thing i want to invite you to my personal website alexwrzybek.com where you'll find other podcast episodes and more of the free resources to help you on your confidence journey bye for now and i'll see you in the next episode